Infant Adoption Guide Podcast, episode number four, an adoption story, an interview with adoptive parents, Josh and Lacey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast. My name is Tim Elder, and this is the podcast dedicated to those of you who are dreaming of becoming parents through domestic infant adoption. This is where I give you the stories, resources, and the inspiration to help you get through the adoption process. Well, maybe you are dreaming of becoming parents, and maybe you're like my wife and I who have desperately tried infertility treatments, the ups and downs that go with that. Maybe you are a little broken, beaten up, and ticked off because you can't have what every other couple on the planet seems to be able to achieve. Well, know this, you are not alone. Many folks, including my wife and I, have been there. We've adopted twice, and we were determined to build a family through adoption. If you've just started to look at adoption and are overwhelmed with the complexity and the choices, the education, the paperwork, everything that comes with it, this is the podcast for you. My guests today are Josh and Lacey, their new adoptive parents, the first-time adoptive parents of a little boy who was born in December of 2012, so just a few months old. And they are here to share with you the ups and downs of their journey to parenthood. They'll explain what it was like to adopt a newborn from the other side of the country. They did everything from going on the Price is Right game show to raise money for their adoption and a lot of other funny things in between, and they'll talk with you and give you some tips on how to talk to a birth mother, what it was like to be have a failed matched with a birth mother, and some of the biggest obstacles that they have overcome, overcome to get through their journey. And they're going to share it all with you. I just love hearing these adoption stories because they give us the real world insight about what it's like to adopt. So let's get into the interview with Josh and, Josh and Lacey right now. Okay, I want to welcome Josh and Lacey. Welcome to Infant Adoption Guide Podcast. Appreciate you guys being on. Absolutely. And I I want to just jump right in and ask you how you guys, I know you did a domestic infant adoption, and I know you got your son as a newborn, but I want to back up a bit and just start from the beginning, even before adoption was uh, sinking in as an option for you guys. How long did it did you think about adoption before you just jumped in and decided to do it? Let's see. Well, I'll start with that. We, um, let's see, we, we had always kind of talked about it. Um, when we were engaged and, and after we got married, we had always mentioned that that was something that we would love to do. Um, obviously, you know, most people just assume that it's going to happen naturally. And so we, we hadn't thought about it too much. We were still kind of newlyweds. We weren't thinking about kids for a while. Um, Then we'd been married about five years and started thinking, well, hmm, maybe it's, maybe it's time to start thinking about about kids. (laughs) However, during, that was more you. Well, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, um, for the past couple of years, um, I specifically have had some health stuff going on, um, really bad stuff where, I had migraines, I had um, vertigo that made it feel like I was on a boat all the time. Mm. Um, just some really scary stuff where I'd like wake up shaking in the middle of the night and I'd feel like um, like I was almost about to have a stroke kind of thing. 
and went through all these tests, you know, doctor to doctor, and nobody could find anything wrong. Um, they did all sorts of blood work and labs and just MRIs, every test you can imagine. I've probably had it. Um, always came back normal. So they started telling me, oh, it, it must just, just all be in your head, right? But I was feeling really, really sick. So finally, it occurred to me that the thing that had changed um, when we got married is that I had gone on birth control. Um, so we discovered that it's really bad for me when my hormones are, are all out of whack and messed with. Um, so I stopped, stopped taking that. I still was pretty bad. Um, took a while to get back to normal, but we discovered that messing with those levels are really bad. Um, I found a really good doctor that has helped me finally get healthy again. However, she doesn't think that it would be the best idea to try and mess with those le levels by getting pregnant. Um, my body just doesn't react to normal things the way that it does to everybody else's. Um, so we're not too sure if that would be a wise decision. And kind of my perspective was if, if birth control throws her out of whack and makes her bed bound sometimes, yeah. just that a little amount of hormones, how unsafe could it be with all the hormones going on during pregnancy right. and after? And so and, I, I didn't want her to be pregnant right. at all to have to deal with any of that. And luckily, the interesting thing is that I have never really had that desire to go through a pregnancy. Um, not that I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I probably would. But I don't have that same burning desire that a lot of women talk about where they, they really want to experience that. Um, to me, I just I, I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a parent. Um, and the pregnancy part of it wasn't super important to me. Um, would have been great, but I was okay with adoption. Um, whereas a lot of people, I think, would try other routes first. And we, we have several friends who had had struggled with infertility over many years and done IVF and you know yeah. go down the list of all, all the things. And I was in the same boat. And I, I think you know God works in mysterious ways again. And right. um, again, I, I just always assumed that we would just have biological kids, but. When we really started looking at it and going, okay, this probably isn't a safe option ultimately. And and what we also found with some of Lacey's health stuff is that um, that can also very likely lead to miscarriages. Yeah. And right. Mean that it, it isn't. You know, and we were kind of like, for us, neither of us have that urge to have biological kids. I just, right. you know, again, for me, it was an assumption that I would do it, but to me, it wasn't a grief process at all, which. I'm thankful for because I know that is a major struggle for a lot of a lot of families. Um, and so we were kind of like, you know what? We don't need to try. There's plenty of kids who need it to be adopted. Yeah. Um, rather than going through the grief and literal physical pain and emotional pain of all the other stuff, um, let's jump into what we feel called to. And I think Lacey had done initial um, searching before she had talked to me. I started adoption. getting the feel that maybe this was the way we were supposed to do it. So mm -hmm. just, just that little urge, I started looking at blogs and, and looking on some forums online at adoption.com and adoptivefamilycircles.com and just kind of doing that initial, well, what would this be like kind of searches. And I was, when, when she brought it to me again, I, I'd always been very positive toward the idea of adoption, but... I'm a psychologist. I was working in a child inpatient psychiatric unit for a year. I work with kids and adolescents right now. And I see a decent number of adopted kids. And my initial reaction was like, 
I can't do it. I see all these horrible things. I don't know. I mean, it was just, you know, and basically Lacey convinced me to go to a, a seminar. Um, you know, it was a couple hour thing by uh, an adoption lawyer in our area um, to just get more information. And that one seminar, just getting information turned me around where I was, I, I was being honest, I was pretty resistant at the beginning. And by the end of the seminar, I was like, sign me up. I'm, I'm ready to do it. And it was, I think, just getting accurate information about how, you know, these aren't horrible processes. It's not as scary as we think it is. Mm -hmm. um, there aren't, I mean, there are a lot of barriers, as we'll probably talk about, but there's not as many as we assume there are a lot of times. The stereotypes aren't always true. And, right. and really framing it in terms of these are two sets of families coming together out of love for one child to make the best life for them. I was like, yes, that's that's what being a parent is all about. Yeah. I like it. Um, and then just remembering for my part is, you know, working in a more hospital setting, you see the worst of the worst. You see all the weird cases and stuff. <laughs> so it's not necessarily representative of how things go regularly. Right. And that, I think that's a I think that's a big message that I, I know that you, you like presenting and what we like telling people and was one of the great experiences I think in the hospital showing uh, some of the nurses and stuff. One of them it was her first adoption of just how beautiful it can be and how mm -hmm. it you know it's it can be a really warm happy experience as well. So I, I think we had we'd gone to that seminar. I was kind of convinced we were still doing a little more research. Um, I, we were both just really feeling called to do adoption. Um, I, I think I kind of floated the idea with my parents, showed them a DVD that we got yes. at the seminar, um, and they, they were open to it. Um, and then I think one of the things that really helped is I was um, chatting online with a, a new friend at, at church, and he had asked what Lacey does for a living and said how she does kind of graphic design and art and animation stuff. And he's like, oh, I'd, I'd like to talk with her about illustrating a children's book I want to work on. I was like, oh, what's it about? He's like, adoption. Like, okay. Um, sorry, that's our dog who's hacking now. Uh, I guess she's allergic to us. Um, and, and that just felt like, okay, here's one more thing. It, so, was, it was one of those moments where like that week and we were kind of talking to God about, is this the road you want us to take? You know, help us get some clarity. And then when we found that out from our new friend at church that they had just gone through an adoption. We had no idea. It kind of felt like, okay, there's a direct answer right there. <laughs> and it was really nice being able to talk to somebody, you know, honestly about who'd been through it. But so by, by the time we kind of had gone to the seminar to deciding, yes, we're going to do adoption. It was, I, I think compared to a lot of people, it was probably pretty short. I'm thinking it was probably like three months or so. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was more, but, the, you know, for signing up and going active and stuff, that was more related to saving up enough money yeah. <laughs> for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but it was, a, it was a relatively short process. I would say maybe six months from contemplating it to really going active. Yeah. So, and did you know immediately that you wanted to adopt a newborn or did that come at a later time? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that was something we both wanted to experience, especially with the first. Um, we wanted to, you know, have the entire experience, you know, from baby, mm -hmm. just not having been parents before. Um, I thought that would be important. Yeah. And then that that's where I think my professional experiences came in more is, yeah. you know, I, I think it's beautiful and wonderful adopting an older child. Um, there are more challenges to it. 
it can go wonderfully. Um, but, you know, there, there is just higher risk and higher challenges. And since dealing with those kinds of things is what I do as a profession when I go to work, I, I kind of realized I can't do that going home. <laughs> I, I need I need something different and blessed and it's well I know you agree huh <laughs> um, you know it, it's a blessing that there's people who are able and willing to do that and I think one of the hard parts for me was just being honest about saying no I don't want this kind of baby or something like that it yeah, felt so wrong that, it, it's very awkward when you have to fill out the forms and it says like oh we'll accept this quarter of this race and and three quarters of this race or whatever that just felt just weird and I mean but but even even declining a certain age range or something like that, you know, when it's like this is a blessing one way or another. But the way I kind of – it hit me at one point in time when kind of realizing if I take on some kind of situation that I don't really want to take on, if I'm really honest with myself later on, I could start resenting the kid. Right. And that is not a good situation at all. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of parents who resent their kids and that just turns out bad. And, you know, I, I think it's really important to do a lot of self-reflection and know what you can and cannot handle and just be honest with it because that's, that's the best. Yeah. Uh, Sounds if like you, you guys are very wise when you're heading yeah. into that. Yes. Yeah. You're right. And Preferences you might is difficult. For it, but you got to do what's what's best for your family, too. And th thankfully, I, I think pretty much everybody we've talked to in the adoption professional realm is very understanding of that process yeah. and supports it. And I, I, I would say to anybody, if you have an experience where, you, you know, an adoption professional you're talking about doesn't think it's, a, you know, it's a tough process or shames you for having to make those decisions. <laughs> That's a Maybe red flag yeah. for you to work with. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you really got to take your pro your preferences into yeah, and and look at them seriously, just like you guys said, and look at what's down the road. You so desperately, especially on your first adoption, you so desperately want to be parents that you're mm -hmm. just like, why wouldn't I just be open to everything? Well, right. Yeah, you have to be realistic with you, your family, what it looks like, yeah. what you will look like as a family after you bring that baby home. Exactly. And, and to be comfortable defending that, too, because I, I've been very surprised at how many acquaintances and just people that I don't even know very well will flat out ask, oh, are you adopting a baby like this? You know, or they'll, they'll ask something. So are you open to all races and things like that? You have to be ready to answer those questions because sometimes they catch you off guard with how forward they can be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we run into the same thing. I yeah. think we're not giving enough, the baby enough attention. Yeah. yeah, he sounds like he wants to be a part of the conversation. <laughs> so <laughs> how old is the little guy now? He is just turned three months. Okay. So he's starting to babble. Yeah, he's at that fun age. Oh, yeah. yeah. Smiles. <laughs> so it sounds like you both were on board roughly the same time with adoption, not not one or the other. Oh, well, Lacey, I guess, got into it a little bit more. Yeah, Lacey was, was before me, um, yeah. but she convinced me pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a hard good. one to convince. I'm pretty stubborn. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> Did either of you have any concerns, uh, at, at least initially, when you first started looking into adoption? Oh, maybe I would bond with the baby. or I don't know if you had any of that, that preconceived stories or, or preconceived ideas that maybe you wouldn't bond with any baby or child that you would adopt? I, I didn't 
so much. I, I don't know if Josh had, I know our family was a little bit concerned about mm. that. They, they were one of the biggest obstacles. Um, I mean, they've, they've all come around now. I mean, they, they love this little boy to death. <laughs> it is adorable. Um, as soon as they, they all saw them, it was like, okay, he's ours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blood didn't matter at all. Um, but there was a little bit of kickback from my family specifically. Um, they like the idea of adoption. And in fact, it's something that my mom has talked about wanting to do. Um, however, she was really concerned that we would regret if we didn't have a child biologically first. Um, so, you know, she was kind of trying to convince us, oh, you really should try, you know, e even though it was going to be kind of risky, she still thought it, it might be worth it. Um, and for me to, to kind of voice my opinions and be like, mom, this is what we feel we need to do. That was a little scary for her. Um, and I think it, that comes back to, again, being very honest with yourself about what your desires and hopes and dreams are. Yeah. Um, if that is your desire and you know, you really want biological kids and that's really a drive, then you know, seek out the options. Um, yeah. Because again, you know, that, that leads to just resentment and all of those fun things. But for us, when, when we really sat down and thought about it, it was like, you know what, that, that drive isn't there. My, my, my sister um, has a, a baby a little over a, a year old, and I think she was in the middle of her pregnant or just about to give birth when we had made this decision. And she was like, Oh, I, she loves being pregnant. <laughs> um, she loves babies. Yeah. Um, she's looking at doing a second career on like helping moms do baby stuff. I don't even know what to call it. Um, and she's like, I want you to be able to have that experience. And yeah. again, for some people that is so important for us. It, it yeah. just, it wasn't, they, they I, I didn't, have that, drive. didn't have that drive. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm thankful and blessed. And that's what helped lead us to the this kind of that, that place where we decided, I think this is what our calling is. And in some ways I can almost see that, you know, Lacey was kind of perhaps given some of these medical conditions that aren't life threatening. They're, they're an annoyance to get us to do adoption because we just wouldn't have considered it any other way. But right. based on all of our personal circumstances and us being so on the same page on it, it just felt like such the right thing. Um, I think your original question was bonding with the baby. I, I don't think I really had a concern with that either. Um, just based on some of my personal history and, and things and interactions with people, I, I don't consider family just by blood. I think the relationships and that stuff make it, that's what family is about. Um, so it, it wasn't too much of a concern. Yeah, it was more of yeah. convincing your family that it wasn't going yes. to be a concern, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and what, what did it take to get them to turn the corner? I mean, did it, did it actually come to the point where they actually met your little boy or were they um, kind of turning the corner before that? No, I oh, mean, it, we, we took a weekend where we basically went up to Josh's family who, who lives a lot closer. My family lives out of state. Um, and like 30 minutes away. yeah, so we kind of went up there and, and told them what we were thinking of doing, sat down, showed them the DVD of the agency we were considering, um, and just kind of talked, let them ask us questions and, and bring up their concerns and their fears and basically just kind of proved that we knew what we were doing and that we had done the research, which I think helped them a lot. Um, just yeah, knowing. And, and it goes back to giving information, accurate information, dispelling myths, um, which is yeah. useful for our process as well, is it made us really consider everything. 
because we're, we're both very close with our families and want our family's guidance and direction. And so it, it wasn't just going to them and saying, hey, this is what we're doing. It was, we're considering this. What do you guys think? We, mm-hmm. you know, we, we want to be fully informed and look at all of the options and, you know, the pros and cons and what are we missing? Um, so it was a very useful process, I think, um, that really helped us get even more secure in it. Um, and they, they all did. I mean, my mom was very much from the beginning, whatever you do, I will support you hundred yeah. percent. Um, and as we went along farther, both sides of you know, all of our family members yeah. got it more and more. Once um, they knew, it, a lot of it were, was time. We were definitely moving forward. It was like, okay, we'll get on board with this and, and support you however we can, which was yeah. great. So. That is great. I know I've, I've interacted more and more people online and a lot of people out there struggle with when do we tell yeah. our family and do we, I mean, they even wait to the point where, okay, we're getting placed with the baby. The baby's being placed with us tomorrow and we're going to tell our family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and, you know, I, I think... You have to do what's most effective and, you know, everybody knows their family's the best. From my perspective, you know, little bits of information early on and giving people time to adjust to the ideas of it and get information, yeah. I-, I think tends to be better, but not all families work that way. Right. <laughs> Sometimes the surprise works better. Yeah. I- I've heard of couples that have basically told their families they were going on vacation for the weekend and then came home with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> surprise. Yeah, you're right. You have to figure out what's best for you and your family. And you have all sorts of different uh, characters and personalities in your family. So, yeah, you have to do ultimately you have to do what's best for you. But, uh, yeah, you want your family to be as supportive as they can be. Yeah. So um, how did you figure out you did your research? You decided you want to adopt. And like you said, you it was a few months. How did you figure out you went with Lifetime Adoption Center, which is a facilitator in California? Mm-hmm. How did you decide to go with them? Um, first thing I did was I went online to all these different places and basically requested info packets. So I had <laughs> probably for a good month packets of mail just coming with DVDs and folders and books and from all these different places. It, it felt like Christmas. It was so much fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> so looking through all those and then we kind of narrowed it down a little bit from that. Um, and we, we, we made like phone appointments and yeah, stuff and, and talked to several of them. And, and I think it goes back to what's the best match for you. Mm-hmm. And we, we basically narrowed it down to, to two places, one of which was Lifetime um, and another one that it felt like a good match for us. And mm-hmm. it, it's sometimes even hard to put your finger on exactly what it was. We knew we wanted to go in the end either with a facilitator or with a lawyer um, for us the agency version didn't feel like the right option um and it, i can't remember even came, the full reasons well, but it, there were a few places that when we talked to them in person um or well through skype or on the phone they they gave you almost a feel of that the baby was a product oh, or wow. or that yes, you know they, yes. they wanted to make a sale kind of thing and that just and that the birth moms were just kind of factories yeah they'll probably wow. disappear you know those kinds of things and it just made us feel just dirty so yeah. we we eliminated those places real fast, and it came down to we we discovered that Lifetime has so many support groups for birth mothers, and yeah. that really was the deciding factor that they supported them so much and had so much available to help them with and, counseling. Yeah, and offer them free counseling and have scholarship money and all of that. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I may be spending a little bit more money, but it's the right thing to do. 
ultimately in my, you know, in my mind is, you know, yeah, you can, you can get a baby from somebody, but the, the birth family needs to be taken care of as well. And it's not just about money. It's, it's about the emotional support. And if they're not taken care of, I'm not okay with that. Um, and I want, I want to make sure that the birth moms and dads are fully informed about their decisions and are really on board. And I wanted to work with a place that would really respect the birth family and really help them make an informed voluntary decision and not pressure them into it. At I'm glad all. you said that. Cause that is so important that, yeah. that people need to hear that it is, this is about the child and it's about yeah. the adoptive family and it's about the birth parents. And we can't forget in any one of those three and to have a place, uh, an agency or facilitator that actually takes the time to support birth parents is huge, mm-hmm. not just financially, but emotionally, right. I mean, that, that stuff goes a long way to a healthy relationship between the three. Absolutely. And, and I think that made a big difference. I mean, my, my favorite part of our adoption was, um, was matching with our birth mom and talking to her and continuing to talk with her and, you know, meeting with her in, in Florida just before I gave birth and, and with her mom and building that relationship and really being confident that she knew what she was doing and she was confident in the decision and comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And that made me feel like, okay, I'm not stealing this baby away. Yeah. You know, it really was that goal of this is happening out of love on all parties involved, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, it's hard for them and they're confident it's the right decision still. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it came down to your comfort level with talking to Lifetime, yes. but not just lifetime, but you're uncomfortable as talking to everybody else. Yeah. Yep. But also come down to, I'm sure it comes down to money. It always, it always just comes yeah, down right. to money. It you, is, it is. you have to have a budget. Yeah. yeah. But then it also came down to um, who was going to best help you. I mean, Lifetime obviously specializes in newborn adoptions. So that yeah. may have limited somewhat who you went through too. Is that true? Yeah, that was part. And I mean, to be honest, um, the, they were... Um, had been given some grant money and we, we were able to get some funds from that. That definitely helped the decision, and, you know, being honest, uh, the, yeah. tip the scales in, in their favor, um, you know, and it, it, again, it feels weird talking about the, the financial aspects of it, but yeah. it's real and we have to be honest about it. And, you know, uh, again, if you ignore a part of it, it's, <laughs> it's going to come back and bite you somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's a good segue into the money. The money part of adoption. Uh, so many people that go into adoption are like, we, we just can't even do it. It's just too much it's money. Scary. Yeah, because yeah. you hear about a lot of, oh, it's $50,000. It's And, and mm-hmm. some of them are. I will not dispute that. Yeah. However, you can be smart about how you adopt and how much it costs and how much you can save and or fundraise for your adoption. Yep. Right. So why don't you guys talk about that a little bit? Like how... Did you save or did you fundraise? And I know you got a. I know Josh, <laughs> you guys have a special story about how you actually saved uh, some of your money. Yeah, right. I, I remember yeah. watching the video. <laughs> we, we were very creative, and I, and I have to say, Lacey, I, I give Lacey the credit because I mean, in part, that's the benefit of her working at home is she has more freedom to brainstorm and, and look up things. Oh, I looked she up wants. every way you could possibly fundraise. We we did all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think in the I think in the end. Let's see. So, well, some of the some of the few the things that we ended up doing were let's see, I, I made homemade Harry Potter wands. 
We still have some left if anybody wants to buy any. Yeah. Five dollars. <laughs> They're really cool. Huh? Yeah. Um, and I, I sold those on, on Craigslist and at a couple of local art fairs. I did face painting. Um, let's see. What, what else did we do? We did a garage sale. Um, two oh, of oh. them. Two of them where people donated things uh, from our church. You know, so we got furniture and things like that to sell. Um, and that was helpful, getting yeah. the word out a little bit. On your garage sale real quick, did you have a sign or, or let people know that you were raising money for adoption? Yes. For your yes. Okay. We put up several signs. Thank you for helping us adopt. And I was amazed at how many times people came up and go, help you adopt what? <laughs> we're like, a baby. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, it was interesting. You know, I, we... we um, we were a little shameless and we, we had email signatures that said, you know, we're adopting if you want to, you know, we'd love your prayers, but if you want to donate money, yeah. here's a link to do it. Yeah. Uh, we had some people do that. We, we had a lot of friends and family members um, over the course of, I guess it's probably been about a year and a half, two years, give us money. I mean, as recently as just a couple of months ago, um, you know, say, hey, it was light on my heart to do this, you know, anywhere from $10, $15 to... Several hundred dollars, from, you know. From the guy we bought our house from. Yeah, actually. Wow. Realtor actually surprised us with a check, and we were caught off guard so completely, but it was amazing. So, and, and I think that's one of the other beauties, kind of, of the adoption process is how your community can come around and, and yeah. support you, not just financially, but just in the emotional support and the amount of things that the people were willing to donate to us, both for selling and for baby. I mean, we had to give away newborn clothes and toys because people gave us so much wow. stuff um, just because they wanted to support us. And that was very nice. humbling. <laughs> um, what, one of the things I remembered in high school for back on the fundraising thing was I, I was um, in, in show choir and as a fundraising tool for that we did was we'd go to TV show tapings. And I, I forgot how I was like, hey, that's a great fundraiser because it doesn't cost anybody any money to mm -hmm. do it, you know, because I, I hate going around and asking people for money. While we did it in a, you know, our email signature, we, we didn't send out letters because I don't, I don't like yeah, that. It's, it it's in the email. If you want right. to on your own, great. We love you for it. But, you know, I'm not going to pressure or guilt anybody into it. Again, that's kind of a theme <laughs> for, for this whole process. Um, but I was like, TV show tapings, you know, it's fun. It's basically free money for us. Um, so we, we did a few of those. We got to go to the, the pilot taping of Cedric the Entertainer's new show. I don't know if it's even on yet. I think it's called Soul Man. We need to look it up. I think it is on. But that, yeah. that was, you know, it was fun. We got a, a brochure with his, you know, with his signature on it that we can have in, you know, Brendan's little baby book. Um, so that had some, have some good memories. Yeah. You know, and it's like every little bit helped fundraise. Um, I guess the really big, the big fun story was Lacey had always wanted to do go to Prices Right, um, yeah. and so she dragged me to, I, to go. When I, I watched that show religiously, and I just was waiting till the day I turned eighteen so I could go on it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I, I actually had gone to a taping of it while Bob Barker was was the host, and you know, it was fun and, and stuff. But I was like, all right, whatever. I, you know, I took the day off work. I, I did tell everybody ahead of time, so I, I didn't call in unsick. Um, <laughs> And we went and I, I, brought, I had my computer with me because one of the other things I was doing to raise money was um, I, I picked up several adjunct teaching jobs. So I was teaching a lot of college courses. Um, I really overworked myself, <laughs> so I'm trying to slow it down now. But, I mean, honestly, working extra stuff bring, brought in a ton of income. 
Um, so I had my computer there, and while we were waiting, I was, you know, I was more interested in trying to grade papers and do discussion <laughs> posts, and you know, they, they do the little thirty-second interview with the producers, and and go in, and um, and Lacey looks at me, and she's like, "I know you're going to get picked. I know you're going to get picked." I'm like, "No, I don't think so. you're you're better at it." We get into the studio. First name they call is mine. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I told so, you. I, and, and I knew I had to ham it up. Um, I, did, I did show choir, but I can also be very, I'm, I'm actually more naturally an introvert. Um, so I, I had to ham it up. So I was the first person called down, get, get on the, um, on the floor. And Drew Carey's a very nice guy. I can, I can say he's very sincere. Um, I, I wound up making it onto the stage. I, um, when when you did the, the I big... have to say it was more nerve wracking for me than him because I was sitting there in the audience about having a heart attack trying to yell out, pick this one, pick this one. You know, the, the funny thing about all this is I am a horrible estimator. Oh, he's awful. I'm like like this is the, about the worst game show I could possibly be on because I. I don't estimate, and like I am so cheap, I'll shop at the dollar store. Like I don't know what the things cost; (laughs) they're always more. So I, I had to keep in mind. Okay, whatever I think, and add like a good amount of money to it. (laughs) That's going to be more accurate. (laughs) And when they did the big wheel, um, there was another guy and I went getting into a tie, and we had to keep rolling it um, like three times in a row. We, We both kept hitting sixty cents exactly on it, but I ended up moving on to the showcase. I overbid, unfortunately. I lost. Which was very That's miserable. How much a motorcycle costs anyway. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it was fun. I, I have I have it on Blu-ray, and I felt I felt better about it because the lady I lost to she she won, and she had been uh, she went with a group of her friends um, who were doing a bucket list for their friend who was dying of breast cancer, and I'm oh, like, wow. you know what? You deserve being able to have all that fun far more than me. So have at it. Absolutely. So, I remember like, watching the video. You actually had didn't you have some kind of adoption shirts on too? Yeah, Lacey, Lacey made shirts, so I we were able to promote adoption. Um, we, we talked more about it, but they cut a lot of it out. But yeah, there was, there was a, I think you can see the shirt in there, and I said that I was for adoption, and I like had, you know, shout out to my unknown baby, because I don't think we were, we weren't matched at that point no. in time. So, yeah. um, that's fun. That's, that's, yeah, a, that's got to be one of the most creative and fun fundraisers yeah. I think I've ever yeah. heard of. Took a while to get the check, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I got it. So it was, it was yeah. fun. And again, it was you know kind of good memories and things. So, so uh, did you? So you had your adoption budget budget in place. Did you? Yeah. Did it take a while to get to that point where you felt like okay, we have enough? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, since we're not finalized yet, it's still like okay, do we have? Is there absolutely anything else that could come up? And I mean, we're pretty solid as. There, I, I don't think that there's any other expenses. Um, you know, we, we kind of really took it as a, a step-by-step thing. There was the initial um, fee to sign a contract with Lifetime, then to be able to go active, um, you know, and to take advantage of some of the promotions. We had to get a certain amount by the time a, a friend of ours loaned us some money as well um, to, to get to that and take advantage of, you know, the, the discount ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was hitting those parts and then just, Saving up, saving up, saving up, you know, throwing everything in savings as best we could. Um, 
and um, that, that's true of parenthood, I think, in general, but especially adoption. Um, and you don't know if you're going to be in-state or out or what kind of travel yeah, you're going to have. So it, it's really hard. It, it was hard for us, I think, to predict a lot of times. Um, we, we got matched pretty quickly, actually, after we went active, and that that adoption ended up falling through. Um, and, you know, that that impacted our our budget for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, thankfully the t adoption tax credit got renewed so we can claim it for the failed adoption and the successful adoption. So that, that makes things easier, but you still have to front a lot of the money. Yeah. Um, and most places won't loan you for that, but they'll loan you stuff for a car or a boat. Yeah. It's so it was really hoarding money and saving money we're we're pretty frugal and don't spend much. We we don't usually eat out anyway. Um, again, I'm I'm cheap. <laughs> Lacey tries to say I'm frugal. I'm like, no, I'm cheap. <laughs> um, so so that that's that's a benefit. Um, and you know the the overworking. I, I I knew I was overworking myself, but I also knew it was for a purpose and was not forever. It was for a short time, yeah. which kept me you know going and stuff. Good deal. Yeah, that. Uh, I guess that kind of leads me into uh, you mentioned being matched and some time frames. Let's talk about that real quick. So, can you give us like from the point of okay, we decided we we're going to adopt, and then you sign the contract with Lifetime. From the time you signed it with Lifetime to the time you were at your first match, I know it was failed. Yeah. So I, th I think I want to say we were talking about adoption in summer of 2011. By fall of 2011, we were like, yes, we're going to do this. December, By December, we decided with Lifetime and signed their contract like the very end of the month, I think. Um, I think we finally went live in probably February of 2012. And, and another thing actually on saving money is, you know, doing as much yourself as you can can save a lot. Thankfully, Lacey is great with graphics and art. So she was able to make her own profiles and they were beautiful and gorgeous and amazing. Um, Actually, and it didn't cost us anything. That, that's another so. thing that I did for fundraising as well as I, I designed custom adoption profiles. So yeah. if, if you know anybody that's looking for them, I love doing those. <laughs> so that, that was the way that we helped, you know, fund for ours. So, so we went live in February. Um, then I think it was in May mm -hmm. or late April. It was about Mother's two weeks Day before weekend. two weeks before Mother's yeah. Day. We get a call saying that there was a birth mom who picked us and she was due in two weeks. Wow. Um, and it was like, oh, okay. We thought we'd have more time to plan. Um, <laughs> scramble. were crazy. <laughs> and she, she, they, she had actually been matched with another family before, but because of a variety of circumstances, um, that, that didn't work out. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't exactly in our preferences, but that's where, again, you know, we wanted to sleep on it, prayed about it, talked about it with a couple people. Um, and we were cautious about who we talked to on certain things again. Um, it, information. Yeah, it was really nice to have our, our friends at church who had adopted. You know, we knew we could be completely honest with them and bounce things off because they would be supportive, non-judgmental, and help us think things through. Yeah. Um, we decided and we were comfortable with matching. Um, we liked, we, we liked the conversation with the birth mom. Um, and so we had talked once, um, obviously there was a scramble for all this paperwork and stuff to get done. Um, about a week later, 
she kind of fell off the face of the earth to everybody. You know, she wasn't, Lifetime couldn't get a hold of her. The lawyer couldn't get a hold of her. Nobody could. Um, about a week after that, she emailed the lawyer saying, I gave birth and I still want to go through with this. So we're like, okay, maybe we have to, she was actually in Northern California. So we were like, okay, I may have to, we may have to drop everything and drive up immediately. And that was kind of, it was up and down that week too, because when she disappeared, we kind of assumed, okay, she changed her mind. So then we were kind of in the, a little bit depressed and sad. And then suddenly we get that phone call that, nope, it's back on. So then we're back up. (laughs) And I think the hardest part about it in particular was, you know, going from, we don't have a child to, you're going to be parents in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, we have to scramble to get everything ready. And, you know, so we, we went to Babies R Us and Target and all these things and grabbed the basic necessities to, to get us through. And, you know, kind of emotionally preparing ourselves for being a parent. Um, and then it's, oh my gosh, this, this isn't happening. So it was a lot of yeah. emotions really fast. Um, I felt sick all and, week, like I couldn't eat. Yeah. So on on edge. And it, it was so she contacted, um, she made contact again, going right into Mother's Day weekend. She actually had two older girls, um, and, and she said, "I want to have Mother's Day with all of my girls first, and then kind of go through." And both of us were like, "Oh, that's, yeah. you know, that, that's not <laughs> that's going to make it harder on you one way or another." And, I mean, long story short, she, I, she obviously... I didn't want to tell Josh, but that was the moment I knew it wasn't going to yeah. work out. And so I kind of... I was still keeping yeah. hope up. Um, and I, I, was, I was amazed at how bonded, actually, I felt with this baby I hadn't even met yet. Um, and, and I think it was, you know, kind of that preparing myself to, to be a parent. Right. And Your emotions were starting to tie in already, right? It, yeah, I, abso- absolutely. It and, made you harder, I think, than it did um, me for that reason. You know, obviously, it wasn't necessarily surprised but she she kind of decided to parent actually the adoption service provider who's the one who kind of in in california um talks and talks with the the birth mom and make sure they really know what they're doing and all of that kind of thing she basically wasn't making a decision one way or the other and the adoption service provider said so can i tell them that you're going to decide to parent because you know we can't drag this out and that was when she finally said yes um you know and it, it it was what it was, you know. It, it was hard. Um, it's an emotional roller coaster. I mean, it, it, it in the was. short amount of time, you guys are up and down and up and down and up and down. It's you know, crazy. I, it, right it, on Mother's Day too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, it felt like the closest thing. I mean, it's what I imagine what a miscarriage would feel like yeah. in many yeah. ways, because it's yeah. you know emotionally we 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 were prepared. I did feel attached. Um, and then they're just gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there, there was a couple more months that there were, there was some interest from, from people actually, I think outside of people had contacted us outside of lifetime. Um, but we finally got contact the, the saying there was interest by another birth mom who had actually been working with lifetime from very early on in her pregnancy, like the first month. And they were just waiting until she was six months along to contact us. Um, so I think that was June, Yeah, June? that seems too early, early. July. probably July-ish, um, talked with her, fell in love with her. She, she had said that she had just been waiting and, and hoping, um, that we would still be available, um, by the time that six months rolled around. Um, and How did that make you feel when lifetime, you know, did it, 
Were you like, hey, I would have liked to know about this beforehand, not wait for six months along? Um, I, that I don't you? know. I mean, it's I have mixed feelings because I totally get why they want to wait yeah. that long, you know. And I think that I think in some ways it's a wise decision, a in part to protect the birth moms too, yes. because if they make a commitment to us, I think they may feel guiltier to decide to parent, and yeah. I, I wouldn't want that either. And um. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't want to, I, I didn't think about it too much. It was more like, okay, this is an option. Um, <laughs> it was honestly, it was like the ideal match yeah. and really was through, through the entire, the, our, our, it, she was in Florida. We're in California. The Florida lawyer um, actually said that she was probably the best birth mom she's worked with in 20 years. Wow. Um, so, so we were very blessed. Um, well, he, he was born in, to know each other. Um, in the months that we were waiting, it was difficult to wait that long. Uh, yeah. Still in the back of your mind being a little bit afraid that, oh, what if she changes her mind? It's been such a long time. But the more that we got to know each other, I mean, it just felt so perfect. We we have so much in common. Like, she's, she's the type of person I would hang out with outside of all this, wow. you know, and consider a friend. Yeah. So you had a lot of communication during that last yeah. three months it's, of her pregnancy? Primarily by email. Um, she, she's not a big phone talker, and it's kind of funny because neither are Lacey and I. Um, and, and actually, Lacey and I met online as well. So this whole matching wow. process was not terribly foreign <laughs> to us. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of emails, which I actually kind of like because now we have a nice history and record for Brendan as well. Very good. Very know, nice. You know, being able to see, you know, th- this is this is about your, your birth mom and how much she cares about you and all of these things. Um, and, you know, th- there were a couple times when – um, she didn't contact us back for a, a good week or so. And yeah. especially because of the failed adoption, it was like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And right. you know, then she got back and like, I'm sorry, I'm so tired because of the pregnancy. I haven't been able to get out of bed. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and if it weren't for your failed match, you probably wouldn't have thought too much about that, but yeah. Right. right exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we were, we were a little more gun shy. Um, yeah. I think his original due date, Lacey calculated, was almost nine months to the day of going active with Lifetime. Oh, yeah. wow. So g- going back to the original question outside of our, our tangents, um, it was quick. I mean, our whole process, I think, every step of the way is a lot quicker than a lot of people's were. And, and I think, honestly, yeah. I think a lot of that is, is the way that we presented ourselves. We, we tried very hard to make sure that in our profiles – we came across as us and not as some, you know, oh, everything's yeah. perfect and beautiful. And we tried to show a sense of humor. We tried to do a video where we were just funny and goofy because that's that's how we are. And I think that helped tremendously. That's that's what we got a lot of comments on from the birth moms is that I like that you guys are geeky, you know. <laughs> <laughs> did she check out your video a lot or did was that part I of her think, process? Yeah, she said she saw it because we had the nursery in there and she commented on it. Actually, I think she had said that she even contacted Lifetime because she found our online profile through yeah. Lifetime, liked us from that, and then contacted Lifetime because she was interested in us in the first place. That happened more than once. There, there so, was another birth mother that said that. Oh, really? Yeah, but we didn't end up matching. So the online ones, you know, whatever place you go through, it can be very, very helpful. Yeah. Um, and I think videos, audio, any kind of media is really helpful. And I really think that presenting yourself honestly, um, because I, I liked the idea of a match and not somebody else just saying, okay, you're number this one, this is baby number whatever, you're together, yeah. is, again, for that lifetime match. Kind of, Interesting, no pun intended, but for the lifetime match of, is this a good fit for our family? 
um, having it, it is somewhat like you know online dating to some extent, where if you're honest with with them, they're going to be more like you're going to get a match of a family who's probably more like you, and it'll make the adoption process and parenting a lot easier down the line. Um, because the kid will probably be more like you in certain ways. Yeah, and that, that, that folds yeah. right into the open adoption question. Yeah. And and what I mean, that is such a scary term for people, especially just starting out. And I remember my wife and I, when we first started looking at adoption, and they started talking about open adoption, we just kind of cringe and we're like, oh, I don't. Do, do we do we have to talk to anybody afterwards? Can we just <laughs> can we just have the baby and move on with our lives. Well, you see too many bad Hallmark movies that, that yeah. are scary where the birth mothers come back and try and murder the family. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it does make it. There's a whole thing out there about uh, open adoption that really scares people. And right. I, I think it's coming around. I think there's a whole lot more yeah. good stories out there that people are starting to hear. And we need to hear it more. And you have one of those. Uh, you have an open adoption with your with birth mother. And that's, that's great. How, how has it been since your son's been placed with you as the open we adoption still, continued. Yeah, we still have uh, completely open. And we've said, uh, even, even after he was born, um, the week that we were still there before we had flown home, um, we invited them to come and spend the day uh, with us and with him. And that was kind of fun. They, uh, and then being the birth mom and her mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they both yeah. came over and we kind of all took care of him together and just kind of talked and had lunch. Um, so it was nice. You know, it, it, it felt like, we, we didn't want them to feel like the hospital was the last we were going to see of them. Um, so we've left it open for, you know, Hey, if you're, if you're ever heading out this way, let us know. We'd love to see you. Um, kind of have made those kind of plans, nothing real definite yet, but we're totally open to it. Um, depending on where her life takes her. And the, the thing was, I, I think again, getting accurate information about what open adoption means yeah. makes a big difference and knowing there's different degrees of it, but right. in some ways, from a legal perspective, almost every adoption in today's time in America isn't an, op an open adoption. If you know who the other person is, that's technically open. Right. Um, you know, there's def different degrees, and it will vary from family to family, and you know, based on a variety of factors. Um, and I, I it, from my perspective, being flexible on the level of openness until you really get to know the match is is really important yeah. because don't promise it, things up front yeah you're it, not it, sure it about. would be different but our birth mom was very interested in an open adoption but more she was actually more interested in us in meeting our needs than about her own and i, I had to keep telling her throughout the her pregnancy and stuff i'm like be selfish please like <laughs> i don't care she, she actually didn't want lifetime to tell us what the the sex of the baby was or to tell us by email she wanted to wait until both of us were on the phone so she could tell us together to make it more of a special thing for us wow. so wow. i mean it was just a another a beautiful example of how you know it, it was a, a bunch of people who love a little one coming together to make a special experience um we, we were able to go on, on kind of the open side in part for her she made it easy and yeah. she kind of initiated the openness because when we went out there, we got to go to what what we were hoping was her last um, uh, OB visit before birth. She ended up having one more because he decided to cook a bit longer. <laughs> uh, but, but we, you know, we got to go with her on to that, and we got to hear his heartbeat on on the monitor, which yeah. was really neat. We, we wish they like held it a little bit longer. 
Um, we ended up staying in after she gave birth. We were in the hospital room with her until she got discharged. We slept in the same room, all three of us together. Wow. Um, we, all four of us, I guess, actually. Yeah. <laughs> friend in there. Um, so we got a bond really, really well. She actually got discharged the day before he did. And, and it was interesting, even in the hospital before she signed paperwork, she was saying, you know, is it okay if I hold him? Is it okay if I feed him? We're like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it's totally all right. And she asked if she could come back for his discharge from the hospital. We're like, of course, we love you yeah. too. And one she of the, was, she was very respectful and, and understood boundaries. Yeah. I mean, she, she always would ask, she would refer to us as mom and dad to the, all the the people at the hospital and always was very upfront about these would be adoptive parents, which reminds me the the birth certificate thing that that was one of the, the more awkward <laughs> moments in the hospital. Well, well we can get to that later <laughs> if, if there's time, but um, she and, and her mom were, were both very supportive. They, our birth mom had basically her mom told us more of the details, especially while we were in the waiting room for, for, for Brendan to come out. Um, that, that's a nerve wracking process, obviously, <laughs> regardless of adoption or not. Yes. Um, but yeah, like you guys were mom, very blessed to have that situation happen. Oh yeah. Did. That was, our first mom basically knew from the very beginning that adoption was right for her. I guess she had told her mom that, um, she never really felt like this was her baby, that she was carrying it for somebody else. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, after she gave birth, she 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 told us later, she was like, I didn't think I'd want to hold him or see him or I'd feel like his mom. She's like, I do feel like his mom now. Mm -hmm. She's like, that doesn't change my mind. She kept telling us that. But I'm really glad she had that opportunity and got to hold him. And we have pictures of her holding him to to show him and stuff, um, both for her sake um, and we wanted her to. His, we wanted yeah. her to understand, you know, fully what she was doing and not have any regrets about I didn't get to say goodbye long enough or I didn't get to hold him as much. You know, we wanted her to to have that experience. And so, yeah, we, so we, we Lacey made a little secret Facebook group. So it's her and her mom and I think her, her cousin she invited to it. So we'll post pictures and little updates and videos and stuff mm-hmm. so they can see it privately, make whatever comments they want. Um her mom tends to make more comments. Um, she, she's, you know, saying she's busy and stuff, which is fine. But we just want to make it clear that we're not cutting you out. Whatever you want, you know, we're, we're here. That's, that's, right that's a great that's idea, having that little private Facebook group, because you really can communicate very well and easily there. Yeah. And it's not like I, I don't take pictures at all. <laughs> I'm more than happy to post lots and lots of pictures. <laughs> and, and I think something that's important to consider is, you know, we're, we're not Facebook friends with her. We are with her mom. She did not want to be um, because she, she just, in part to protect, she didn't tell everybody that she was even pregnant. Right. Some of her family members didn't know she was pregnant. Um, and, you know, she did say, you can post my picture. You can use my name. Just don't tag me in anything, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. You know, I think it's just, it's important to have the conversation with them. Yeah. So it's, again, there's no surprises. Everybody knows what they want, what they're comfortable with. With a Facebook group, I mean, she does have access to our Facebook profiles. <laughs> I mean, you can see who we are. Um, we weren't concerned about that with her. There are other websites out there that you can, you know, give somebody a login to and, you know, they don't have as much personal information, right. but you can still share pictures. And you know what? There's some circumstances where that's wise. Yeah. If it was a different situation, for example, if it was with the, with, 
a, a birth mother that wasn't as wonderful as she is, and there might have been other issues or safety or various things, we probably wouldn't have. Yeah, that's yeah. a good as point to make. Mother. Yeah, but she made us so comfortable that there's just no no fear at all. So that's good. I know with our our birth parents, we made a Shutterfly account and locked it down, and so just us can get in. Yeah. And it's really cool because you can upload pictures and videos and, and you can make comments back and forth too. It's so it, for us, it felt pretty secure. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, so how long did you have to stay in Florida? I mean, you guys are from California. You go all the way to Florida. <laughs> I mean, you can't go any further. Yeah. And, and I'd never <laughs> been there, so I was excited. Uh, well, I that, that was the other thing is I was hoarding up all of my paid leave from work. Um, so because I knew that, you know, I... It, at least in California, um, you do get baby bonding time. Dads do get baby bonding time for adoption, but it doesn't go into effect until the baby's actually placed with you. Mm -hmm. So any waiting time in the hospital or anything like that doesn't count towards it. So, and just in case, I'm like, I need as much paid leave. Now she had told us that we could be there in the hospital, you know, at birth. And we were like, we're going to take advantage of that. So we went out a couple days before his due date um, he ended up being like nine days late. So <laughs> we went to Epcot Center in NASA. <laughs> it was my it was my first vacation in like four years. Yeah, um, and I, I should mention too, one of one of the things we did differently that is not usually recommended in, in these kinds of situations is I actually bought the plane tickets and figured out lodging a couple of months in advance. And we were actually warned not to do that because, I mean, obviously situations can change. Sometimes they change their minds a couple of months beforehand. But because he was due right at Christmas in a very high tourist area. And he was, was due December 21st in the Orlando area. Yeah. Like, wow. good luck finding lodging and a plane flight. Yeah, I, I was concerned about trying to do that last minute and I knew it would be so expensive. So to us, the, the chance of that, it... it outweighed the uh, well and you also did a lot of research on uh, a lot of travel insurance won't cover adoption surprise surprise interesting, yeah. interesting. but it's important to look at flights i think we went with southwest because they will allow you to cancel the ticket and rebook on another flight without a fee yeah so, so you know looking so into you know you just pay the difference so very that's good points to look into all your options on yeah. all the different airlines and all the different scenarios and what if it yeah it happens over a holiday and in what area are you going to be in and does yeah. it make sense does it pay if we pay more now would it be cheaper than if we made changes to our flights later on right. so all those things yeah. you got to take into account I'm glad you said that mm -hmm. yeah so and for us it was it was worth it to I think we found out like August September is the cheapest time for flights just in general to, to purchase flights and um, on wednesdays for some weird reason wednesday afternoons is when the <laughs> prices are lowest <laughs> i learned the same thing yes so i'm yeah. glad you found the same thing out <laughs> um yeah but we, we decided you know what it, it's it's worth it even if something falls through it'll be a vacation for us yeah um, much needed <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll try and make the best of it. We we planned it out where we did the return flight, what, like four or five weeks after. And with the, with the hope to be able to move it up, we ended up not moving it up because he came so late. Um, he, was, he was due on the 21st. He was born on the 29th. Um, ICP, because, and, and, th and then again, we were realizing with 
holidays, um, you know, government offices are going to be closed. So ICPC stuff's going to take a lot longer. Um, just to let the folks know, ICPC is the yes. interstate compact for the placement of children. that has to happen between two states when you do an interstate adoption. Yeah, relying on two state governments in the middle of holiday season to move quickly. <laughs> We're like, we may be here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so we um, actually, we got a, a place that had a kitchen and that, that wasn't just a small hotel room because yes. it's very difficult to eat out every meal. So it was nice to have a place where we could feel like it was a home base. And it was actually cheaper. Yeah, it um, was. Lacey's family got to come and visit us while we were there and stay with us. So they got to see him in, in person and... Um, and, and meet to actually meet the birth mom um, in the hospital. She was fine with that, but he—I guess we, we flew home when he was 11 days old. Wow! So, oh, you got to say what what the, the dirty looks you got? Huh? Are the flight attendants? When you oh, said he was 11 yeah! Days old. Oh my goodness! Yeah, be prepared for people to <laughs> seriously judge you when you take a baby that young on a plane. <laughs> Like, yeah. why are you taking him on the plane when he's that exactly. small? Exactly. I got stared down by those flight <laughs> attendants. And then I, I would ask a question like, is there a seat available or something? They'd be like, how old is he? I'd say, oh, he's 11 days. And then they would just glare at me like, why are you flying right now? And then so I would I, I would say, we just adopted him. And all of a sudden, their demeanor would change. They'd grin. Oh, <laughs> It was comical, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, if you see Lacey, she's really tiny. Yeah. It was very clear she did not just give birth. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, on, on that note, it's very important if you are out of state and you're going to fly, see a pediatrician out there or have the hospital pediatrician give a clearance to fly. Yeah. You know, our lawyer in Florida said, you know, yeah, get it. But I've never had an airline ask. They did. Yeah. And they would not have let us on the flight if we didn't have the physician note saying it was fine for him to fly. So Interesting. Yeah, we had the same thing happen. Our lawyer said, oh, we've never had anybody ask. And they did not ask us. Yeah. And he was only seven days old. So it, it, It's far better to have it rather than getting to the airport and going, sorry, you can't fly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so. absolutely. That's a good, great point to make. Got to get that paper just to make sure you're good to go. And it's it's worth looking into the airlines about whether they'll give you a free seat if they have space available. Um, Southwest did. Um, and thankfully, both flights, there was – on the, the first leg of the flight, there were like three seats open on the flight, but they gave us one. So we actually got three seats. He was able to stay in the car seat the whole time, which made things far easier, and we didn't have to pay for it. Um, they can't well, guarantee it, but – Again, it's a nice opportunity. And the other option, I think, is if you don't take the car seat, you check it, and then you have to keep them on your lap the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That was the plan, but luckily it worked out that yeah. we keep him with us. And so. he was a wonderful baby. He slept. We had one layover. He slept both legs of the flight and waited to make a diaper until we landed both times. <laughs> nice. So we hit the jackpot in so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me, I want to know what it's like, because I've been through this twice now, too. We've adopted two newborns, and I know what it's like. But tell me, from both of your perspectives, what it was like when you first met your baby boy? It was kind of surreal. I I mean, I remember walking into the room. The plan had been that we were going to be in the delivery room. 
Um, but he actually came so fast. Uh, I think she only pushed for 20 minutes. That's what she said. Um, we, we were actually in the waiting room and with her mom and we were talking and just trying to pass the time. Yeah. And we suddenly hear this, uh, lullaby play over the the loudspeaker and we all look at each other. And there was, there was no one else in the waiting room. Yeah. (laughs) So we kind of went, I hope that's not our baby. (laughs) So her mom goes running to the phone to go check and, and see if, she comes, she comes back and she said, yep, come on in. So we were kind of like, oh, he's here? What? <laughs> um, and I remember walking into the room and, and it, it seemed very bright. I, I just remember that. Everything was very like white and bright and it was kind of like disorientation. <laughs> and just uh, she handed him, I don't even remember who held him first. You did. Did I? You did. I, yeah. I, I barely remember we, this. We have a picture of it. Yeah, he, thank God we have pictures. He was born at like one one twenty eight a.m. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't think we were really on Florida time either. So I mean, everything oh. was just, you know, yeah. I don't know what time it was. Yeah. You were just floating um, in the room. <laughs> yeah, but we we got a picture. He was bright eyed. Um, he was the, so quiet and just staring at everybody's face. And... Yeah, the first picture we have, it's it's Lacey and me. She's holding him, and he is staring right at her face. Oh. Um, yeah. I Very mean, surreal. I, I was getting teary. I mean, I I could tell it was. Yeah, I, surreal. I think is the the best word because it's like mm. this is really happening. Wow. Yeah. After all of this time and waiting and all this stuff, he's here. Yeah. Um, kind of didn't. It's yeah, cool. Didn't it's real. weird. <laughs> um, and I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. Like I, I, I'm sitting there looking at him and and I in awe over him. But then I also want to make sure that I I gave her some attention and and didn't make her feel left out. And so I was. I remember trying to ask questions like. Oh, was it hard? And and how are you feeling? And those kinds of things, because I wanted to make sure nobody ignored her either. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Awesome. And then we uh, we went to the recovery room um, and got the chance to all kind of hear the the briefing about baby care together and all changed his his first diaper together. It, it took all three of us. <laughs> it was that messy. <laughs> That was probably the funniest thing ever, um, and I, I have pictures of us trying to get him changed. He he made such a mess; he needed a bath, <laughs> and we were all just screaming, trying to cover because things were flying everywhere. And it was pretty funny. We were laughing hysterically, just all three of us trying to change that first diaper. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, those Good are news. memories. Yep. Yeah. So as we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you just a, a, some things that could help potential adoptive parents out there that are just either thinking about adoption or maybe they've already said, yeah, we want to do this. And they're listening to this going, wow, this is a great story. But what tips could you give some potential adoptive parents, uh, especially when talking, well, this is the first one I want to ask when talking to a birth mother, like for the first time. And then you mentioned a few things or you've like at the point of your meeting your baby wife for the first time, how you were talking to her and trying to make her feel better. But what are some general tips on when talk, talking to a birth mother? I think the thing that's the most important is to remember that a lot of times they feel a lot of shame. Um, not not every everyone, but that that's something that I noticed is a lot of times they seemed really cautious that they were afraid that we would judge them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of, mm-hmm. of course not. Um, so we were kind of surprised by that. Um, I think it's important to 
find out about them as a person and not make it all about the baby. Um, you know, find out what their interests are, find out, you know, what, what their, Mm -hmm. their life is like. And that usually leads into conversations about the baby. But if you, if you jump into it and seem too eager about just the baby, it it makes them feel like they're just in the background. And I don't think that's, that's a good thing to do. So you, you, you tend to learn a little bit more about each other. If you just approach it like a friendship, like somebody you're, you're meeting and just kind of seeing if, if it's going to work out and you want to find out more, you know? And I think it's helpful information for the future too, is then you also have answers for your child, you know, if they have questions later about the, the birth family is if you've asked questions about it, you can actually answer those, you know, and different, different birth families are obviously have different levels of wanting to share um, and, and talk about things. But I think just showing an interest and care for them as a person um, and wanting to really wanting their best interest is, is really important. And that's going to vary on how you do it from, from person to person. From ours, she, 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 she was so self-sacrificing. It, it was a lot of, um, I want you to be selfish now, please. <laughs> you know, and I, I told her, um, even when we were in Florida, you know, if something changes, if you don't want us in the room or something like that, don't feel bad about it. Just let yeah, us know. It's you know, okay. we want you to be comfortable yeah. and, and stuff and, and reiterate. And that, I mean, that's a scary thing for me. It's like, of course I want to be there for every little bit of it. And at the same time, it was more important for me to make sure that she didn't regret anything. Mm-hmm. Very wise, very wise. Yeah, I know. I know. When talking to birth mother, I think so many people focus on talking to a birth mother. They don't focus on listening to a birth yes. mother. Yeah, that's, no, that's a great a, way to put it. Yeah, yeah. and just be—I think—just being authentic and honest in yourself. Yeah, and admitting that it's scary and that you're nervous because, yeah, if you pretend like you're not nervous, you're just yeah, you're making it up. <laughs> yeah, it's so much better to be open and honest. To hey, this is this is awkward for everybody. Yeah, you know, we're everybody's nervous. That's okay. Yeah. Well, great tips. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> what one or two things would you have done differently now that you've been through the process? Well, you haven't finalized yet, but you're almost there. What one or two yeah. things would you have done differently? Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know because. I mean, everything kind of worked out the way it was supposed to. So I don't know if there was much I would have done differently. I I might have wanted to find out a little bit more on reading contracts and, and asking a little bit more questions up front, like from our lawyer and, and from the people that we worked with as far as what the laws were and what extra fees might pop up. We, we had a lot of that happen. Yeah, being very clear about what your questions are so they don't misunderstand what your question is so you get the wrong answer. Um, I think I probably would have wanted to kind of vet out some of the people we contracted with in a bit more detail. Um, we, we kind of took certain recommendations from from a variety of people and it wasn't always the best choice or fit for us. Um, as far as like attorneys or more than just yeah, uh, mostly mostly on the uh, the attorney front, um, you know, and it, it, again, it, it's going to vary from person to person. I think it's just really important to read contracts, not just what people tell you, um, because there is a business side to it. To be honest, and, and unfortunately, um, even ones who work for nonprofits and who have adopted themselves, it's still a business. There is a contract read the contract that is ultimately what goes not what somebody says and if it doesn't match 
ask them about it, yeah. get things in writing um, is, is really, really important. Um, and I would say knowing how to advocate for yourself because while we hire a lot of people from the facilitator to the attorney to the home study providers to advocate for you, um, they don't always. You know, sometimes it gets missed or something happens. So, you know, don't be afraid to call them, to yeah. email them, to, you know, say, hey, what's going on? I need this. Um, yeah. to, to verbalize that what you need as early on as possible, make sure expectations are very clear about what what somebody will and won't do um, so there's no disappointment later. Um, or like, hey, I thought you were going to do this and no, you're not okay. <laughs> um, That's just, good. Yeah. Uh, it kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask you was if you could wave a mag magic wand and make something in the adoption process better, what would that be? And it sounds to me like communication or or making sure people can do their job that they say they're going to do yeah and yeah. the surprising part for us is we always assumed you know starting the whole adoption process that our scariest issues would be with the birth family or that you know that would be the biggest struggle and that ooh, that might be a scary situation but the hardest parts have been dealing with uh, legal stuff and paperwork and surprise fees that have popped up. It's, it's been the adoption professionals more than anything. Yeah, um, on, on a lot of fronts. I would say of the adoption professionals, my favorite was our home study social worker. She was wonderful. I, I have zero complaints and a lot of wonderful things to say about her. Um, and, and the next and the other best, actually the best part was our, the, the birth family. Yeah. I mean, that made it all worth it and like whatever crap we had to deal with it's worth it because this for us this was a match made in heaven um i think quite literally and you know that that's the ultimate goal um but you know I, i'd say even even at the hospital level too of knowing how to advocate um our birth mom was happy with what happened there there were a few things that i was not happy with and not even towards us but on how they treated her. I didn't like. So afterwards, when I got home, I contacted the hospital. I was like, I made it very clear. She didn't complain, but I'm complaining anyway, because I don't like this. And I think things could be treated better while also saying these are some of the people who did a wonderful job. Like the nurses in the hospital were awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the physicians, the neonatologist came. Well, we went out to get some food for our birth mom and for us. The neonatologist came in and she had explained that you know, he was going to be adopted and could the neonatologist come back? And I mean, honestly, hospital physicians, are they going to come back to talk to a family that has absolutely no legal standing right now? <laughs> no, he did. That's awesome. That was awesome. And I want to, you know, I want to reinforce that and praise that all day long. Whenever I see something that is so adoption friendly, I want to praise that to make sure that people are aware to keep doing that because it may have just been by accident and I don't want it to be by accident in the future. No, I agree. And if there's things that are happening that shouldn't happen, to address that in a respectful manner, to educate people and give them a new experience and say, hey, adoption doesn't have to be scary. We don't have to be all defensive all the time. Um, it was cute. One of the, uh, on the, as we were discharging in the hospital, I was taking our, our attorney around to the different people who she needed to give paperwork to and get signatures from. And one of the nurses from the first night came and she looked at me with big eyes like, is everything all right? And, and I remember she was the one who first sat down with everybody. And I, it, she felt awkward to me. I mean, it wasn't bad, 
But she then said, she was like, oh, well, this was my first adoption, so I didn't know how to handle it. And it was just, it, it was so sweet to me. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm really glad that this experience was your first adoption because it was a positive one. Because this hospital was also near a, a women's prison. And so we heard they do a lot of adoptions. And my guess is they're not all so pleasant. Right. And smooth. And I'm really glad we were able to give other people a positive adoption experience as well to help break that stigma and stuff because it doesn't have to be bad at all. It can be great. Well yeah. said. Well said. When do you finalize? Hopefully within <laughs> yeah, hopefully within the next month. Yeah. It's it's now waiting on the Florida courts to give us a court date. <laughs> and you so. do not have to fly back to Florida. I think with Florida law they allow you to do it over the phone, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Well you you actually and this was this was another thing that we weren't fully it, it sounded to us like, yeah, no big deal. Technically you have to petition the court and provide a reason why. My guess is they pretty much always approve it, but that was the thing I didn't know until we were signing the petition. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, it, it, again, it was like, for me, I like having lots and lots of information. If, if that hasn't come across yet, I like knowing all the details. Um, not everybody provides details. So, you have to ask questions. But, yeah, the, so we, we actually um, will, we have to hire another company. This was another cost that we weren't fully aware of. Um, we have to hire a mobile notary to come in and swear us in, and we appear via video. Oh wow! So it's it's a it'll probably be a good four hundred dollars for that, but that's a lot cheaper than flying to Florida. Yeah. Absolutely, that's awesome. Well, I, I hope everything goes smoothly for you. I know it will, and then that will be you'll be done. You'll be he will be legally yours and, yeah. uh, forever. So I oh, and he feels like that. ours. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's felt nice. like ours from very early on, and I think one of the things Lacey and I have said many times is. I can't imagine loving him any more or feeling any more bonded to him if he were biological. I, I mean, he's yeah. I, I I I forget that he's adopted. I mean, in part, yeah. it's helpful. He does look like this, uh, like us. I'll be honest on that. Yeah, but he does. It, I get comments I, I, all the time. I don't think that even really matters. I mean, he he's ours. That's awesome. Well, I I congratulate you for going through the process, and even though you went through some emotional ups and downs and some pains and and aches but uh it sounds like everything was definitely well worth it and you're yeah, very very blessed not an easy road i would say it's not not for the faint of heart um so stay strong and you go but, through your own labor pains yeah yeah but it's worth it in the end so have you thought about adopting again or are you not there yet we've just been talking about it in the last couple of days just a little bit and kind of it's kind of early yeah it is it is kind of early we're we're at the point where like I would like to, but at, it, it's kind of, we don't see how we could at this moment, but in the future, I might be open to it. If it's, a, it's hard to put into words. <laughs> yeah. I think I, in being honest, I think I'm a little, I'm a little more on the fence. Um, I'd like more you from, to have a sibling. Yeah. More from the perspective of. Um, I, I can run with higher anxiety anyway, and in the midst of all of the stuff, you know, and paperwork that has to happen, it's like, it feels so overwhelming. I'm like, I don't know how I could do this again. It's totally worth it. Um, you know, but I, I think, you know, having a newborn drains you anyway, so it's hard to make wise decisions at that point. <laughs> Very well said. You're right. Well, I haven't gone through two newborn adoptions, uh, myself, my wife and I, uh, I would say, uh, it's. You're right. It's very well worth it. And you do 
get a little bit better at handling the things that get thrown at you because you kind of know the steps you need to get to to yeah to get there so yeah things change people change and the but generally the steps are the same so it feels a little bit easier when you go through it a second time at least it did for us yeah and i i i've been noticing i've been feeling warmer and warmer to it kind of with each passing day and i i think it's you know just that time thing and yeah, yeah. stuff so very good. Well, I appreciate your guys' time. Uh, it's been a great interview, and I very much appreciate all your openness. And you guys are are just a very fun couple. And I know your your little boy there is very blessed to have you as parents. So I wish you all the best. I know we'll be talking. We we haven't mentioned this in the interview, but we're we're all part of the same closed Facebook group. So I know we'll be <laughs> continuing to talk and update, uh, give us give each other updates. So. That's been a fun part of the process as well. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add before we close? I think the one thing I, I just remember this is to to any of the dads out there to you know be very willing um, and vocal about participating in the adoption process. Um, a lot of adoption talks, just like you know, even with traditional pregnancy conversations and stuff, is oriented towards women. Um, and sometimes I felt like I, I, I wasn't involved in stuff, not by choice, but just by the way things were written or, um, you know, structures that are in place and things being predominantly, again, oriented towards the moms. Um, and uh, probably pretty obvious by our, our conversation, um, I wanted to be a big part of it and I can't imagine not being active in every part of of his life yeah and he's awesome he changes the diapers and he wears the mopey wraps <laughs> so he looks like a jedi <laughs> and you know it i and i didn't feel the need necessarily for somebody to go oh you know you're you're okay to participate but even knowing that it was absolutely my right i still felt awkward sometimes because the adoption community tends to be more aimed at moms. And I think it's just important to be aware of that and know that you're not alone. Um, and there are a lot of dads and they're supportive and you are just as important a part of it as the moms in the process. And you have every right to have all the information and be involved in all of the calls and all of that as well. Very so. well said. I, I Coming from an adoptive daddy point of view, I'm I'm right there with you. I that's why I'm doing what I'm doing because I want to be mm -hmm. more of an advocate for the adoptive dads out there. That yep. we we need to be stepping yep. forward and and helping out just as much as we can and being just as vocal and just as involved. Yep. And I I think that was very well said. I'm glad you added that. So thank you for doing your part too. <laughs> well, thanks thanks again for your time, and uh, we will talk to you all later. I appreciate it. All right. thanks, thanks so much. Well, that was a great interview with Josh and Lacey. I really appreciate their time. And one thing I wanted to make sure I added at the end of this podcast was Lacey is a very talented graphic artist, and she has a special website and that is not just for adoption profiles, but it includes adoption profiles where she helps folks just like you and me and herself. She made her own profile, um, and she has a service that does that on her website. And it, I wanted to make sure and give that website information to you. And I'll have it in the show notes as well. But her website is called www.lacymorgancreations.com. And that's creations, plural, with an S. So I'll have that link in the show notes. And I would 
love it if you go there. Tell her that uh, Tim sent you from the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. And uh, check out the things that she's done so far. And she does some amazing work. So I just wanted to make sure I plug that at the end of the podcast here. Also, I wanted to let everybody know that the podcast is now on iTunes and on Stitcher. So if you want to go and subscribe there, I would greatly appreciate it. And, and if you have some extra time send me, giving me a review, that would be great on iTunes as well. That really helps me out with the podcast. Um, and if you also have any um, stories or uh, questions, you can leave me a comment on the blog post. And the show notes is at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 004. And I also have some domestic adoption stories, a special link to uh, read about more adoption stories and get some more inspiration. I really appreciate you all listening, and I look forward to doing a lot more of these podcasts. I, this is really an awesome thing for me, and I, I really look forward to doing more interviews and providing more stories and resources for you all to get through your infant adoption guide pro- process, <laughs> your infant adoption process. Let's put it that way. Please uh, let me know if you have any questions or uh, things that you'd like me to cover during the podcast. And I will talk to you all on the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>